Ladies and gentlemen, Destin is back on Jacobo Talk. Let's go ahead and give him a big round of applause here. <laughs> Destin, welcome back on Jacobo Talk. How have you been, my guy? Been good, been good. How you doing? How you doing? Glad to be back. You feel me? Glad to be back. No, doing pretty good. Hey, we got a lot to cover. Um, round one of the NBA playoffs just happened. I know you got a lot of input. And the draft just finished. Well, it's technically going on right now, but round six and seven, you know all of that. But we're going to go ahead and review, pre, like, give a recap of the NFL draft, uh, give a um, takes for round two and round one. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so we're going to start off with this. I got to ask you a question. As you can, as you can tell, everyone knows that Dustin is a Brooklyn Nets guy based off the cap he's wearing. So I got, I got to ask. So you guys just lost to the Milwaukee, wait, no, Boston Celtics in four games. Kyrie Irving said in the interview, I talked about this later in the last episode, but Kyrie Irving stated that. He would like to stay in Brooklyn. Now, let me ask you this. Two questions. If you were the Brooklyn Nets, if you're Sean Marks, Marks in the Brooklyn Nets, is Kyrie Irving worth the risk of giving him a max extension over $200 million? No. I think he, if we're able to win, I think he needs to take a pay cut. I think he, in my humble opinion, is part of the reason why we actually weren't to our potential i think our potential was the the championship i think we should have won we should have been in the second round i don't think we should have gotten swept at all and i mean i think Kyrie's not the main reason but i think he's definitely a big part of that reason so i don't think he deserves anywhere near that i think if anything bruce brown deserves more money than him he had a good playoff yeah. came came and balled out the people who, who came and balled out i don't think Kyrie deserves deserves that to me and you, you guys could have got. I said this in the last episode. You guys could have gotten a higher seed if he played in most of those regular season games, and you wouldn't have even been in the playing tournament to begin with. So is he even worth the risk? I don't think so. I'm not at all. So he's not. So would you like? Okay. So would you keep? So would you keep him, or would you try to like trade him? Like let's say if you keep him, you give him to like. Uh, not a big contract, but a decent amount of money? Or do you just try to trade them and try to get a second star? See, it, it'd be kind of... See, it's a... Okay, I'm going to say this. It's kind of contradicting what I just said, but... See, Kyrie did kind of blow our season, but I feel like, in my opinion, he's too talented of a player to let him go. I don't yeah, because Kyrie... I don't yeah, think go ahead. We, I don't think letting Kyrie go is, is smart at all. I mean, he's a top top five point guard, top three, arguably when healthy, when playing. So to me, I say we work out some sort of, you know what I'm saying, contract that doesn't that doesn't necessarily be that doesn't necessarily have to be a max, but at least just something. I, I think Kyrie has to stay. So, so yeah, so my opinion, Kyrie Irving, when he's on the court and when he's healthy, he's one of the best players in the NBA, top ten player when he's when there's no distractions going on, when he's healthy and when he's just fully focused on basketball. He is truly one of the best skilled players in the NBA that I've watched and seen in a lifetime. In my opinion, he's just got to get his stuff together. And he's got to get his stuff together. You know, same with Ben Simmons. You know, I, I don't know what the issue is there, but hopefully Ben Simmons can be back at full speed next season and you guys will bounce back. 
Yeah, I, I would love I would love to see how we look with Ben Simmons. I think there's a couple of pieces that we can definitely add to make make it way better for us. But I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm excited. I think I mean I hate I hate the fact that we went out and fought four games. I hate the fact that we even lost. Period. But yeah. I look forward to the future. I think we have a really bright future. I hope we come out more hungry than ever. You feel me? I think it, it would it would have been different if like. Say if you lost the game, lost the series in like seven games, that would have been a little bit different. But you guys got like swept. You know, KD wasn't like he he was still playing good, but we like we weren't expecting him to play at the level that he was. We we had higher expectations for Kevin Durant, and you know maybe if Ben maybe if Ben Simmons may have played in that series, you know, things may have been different. But let me just say, I thought you guys won the James Harden deal. I thought it was the right move getting rid of James Harden, because one, you got Seth, Cur- you got Seth Curry, who's like, te- technically he's a better three-point shooter than Steph if we're looking at the numbers, and you got Andre Drummond, uh, Andre Drummond too, who is a, a better big than DeAndre Jordan than what you had, and you know he he's a guy that can get you twenty and twenty on a given night. That is right. I think, but I mean, in my opinion, I mean. In the first place, I don't think we ever should have even traded for Harden. I think, I mean, yes, trading Harden back to, like, trading him again was a great move, but I think trading for him in the first place was a terrible move. I think giving up LeVert and Allen, what, what you Allen give was up. becoming, it, it just, I think Allen's ceiling was just through the roof, and I don't know why we would give up a young, a young up-and-coming center, a young up-and-coming shot blocker for James Harden, who we eventually ended up trading anyway. Yeah, if you guys didn't, I feel like if you guys didn't trade for Harden in the first place, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. I mean, you got, you had Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's been playing really well for the Mavs. You got, you had Karis LeVert, like you said, who was really good. And you had Jared Allen. And those bench pieces, are, that's a lot of depth. And did you guys have Blake Griffin at the time, or did you get him uh, after think, James Harden? I think we got him after the James Harden trade. Okay, but... Okay, so my my point being is, I think you guys would would have been a better team if you guys kept all of those players together, and you might have not gotten swept. But you know, it is what it is. And you also mentioned that a coaching change needs to happen. Is that correct? Yes, please. I think the I love Steve Nash. Actually, it's crazy as a player. Like Steve Nash is probably my favorite point guard of all time. If we're being completely honest, but. I don't think he has the mind of a coach. He has the mind of a player. And I, the one thing he said, I didn't like what he said. He said in an interview, when we were down 3-0 and before game four, I think somebody asked him, like, what do you tell you guys in the locker room? And he was like, I, I don't tell them anything because I've been in their shoes. So yeah. I know that all they want to do is go out and hoop. And in my opinion, that's not what you need to be telling your players. as a, You're the coach. You're supposed to incite confidence. Like what Monty Williams said in the, um, in the huddle before they um played game six, he was like, all right, let's go Let's go out there and perform. It was in New Orleans. Let's go out there and do what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And that's what you're supposed to do as a coach. You're supposed to incite confidence and, you know what I'm saying, bring energy to your guys, not tell them they don't want to hear nothing, so I'm not going to tell them nothing. Like, no, I, I don't know. That's just me. And I don't think Steve Nash, I mean, I'm, I'm not questioning Steve Nash, Nash's ability as a coach. Hell, he knows more basketball than I could ever imagine. I mean, he, he no, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Okay, okay. To me. But is he in the Hall of Fame Hall of Fame right now? Uh, when did he retire? I'm not I'm not sure exactly, but I know he definitely if he isn't he he's a Hall of Fame caliber. Okay, player. if if he isn't he he's definitely a Hall of Famer. But let's go on and say that 
But, you know, I, I just don't think the chemistry with the... I don't think he has that connection with the players. I don't think he... I wouldn't say that they don't get along. I just don't think, like, KD and Kyrie, I don't, I don't know if they believe Steve Nash is truly the guy that can elevate them into, champion, into championship status. Because when the James Harden deal went down, it was basically a championship or bust. And if you guys don't win a championship with at least KD... This could this could go down as one of the biggest disappointments in NBA history. It hurt because this was the season. I mean, it, it you don't get any better than this. KD was coming off. Of, KD came off an injury this year. I can't remember the exact injury. I think it was a knee injury, but I think I think KD, it was a calf knee. Yeah, this is the most healthy we've been since KD and Kyrie have gotten. You know, saying to Brooklyn, and to me, I think this was the year. If we didn't win a chip, I mean. Of course, of course, I want the chip, but to at least make it past the first round, the second round, to the conference finals, to the finals, we didn't even get the chip. That gives you an extra co- confidence boost, right? Yes, I think I, that's why I'm saying in a, in a weird way, it's not a terrible thing that we got bounced. But I mean, I just hate it as a fan. But from a future perspective, it's not terrible. We I mean, will come out more hungry, and hopefully, we want the championship next year. We go out and get it. I, I. Everyone stays healthy. If Ben Simmons comes back next year to the player that we all expected him to be when he got when he got drafted, you got. I I still think you guys are going to be really good if you guys can just stay healthy and, and nothing wrong again. Nothing wrong, with Kyrie. You guys will be a higher seed, and you guys won't even be in the playing tournament next year. Trust me and believe me on that. Hundred percent. Okay, so we are get so. Brooklyn Nets talk, done. Um, We're going to move on to round two of the NBA playoffs. And before, the sound effects are so cool. I love it. Okay, so let's go ahead and start off with the Miami Heat and Philadelphia 76ers. We just found out yesterday that Joel Embiid is out indefinitely. So we don't know when or if he's going to come back at all during the series. But it's pretty much a given that the Heat are going to win the series. Do you think so? I mean, Embiid is the the only thing that was going to get... I think Embiid is the only way they win a championship. I mean, nobody can guard him. He's unguardable. So yeah, exa- to have, exactly. Yeah. To take away that dimension from, like, from Philly, and you know James Harden doesn't want to go out there and put 40. James Harden wants to dish 20 assists and drop 10 points. So now you don't have Embiid. You got to score. Now it's Harden about to go back to dropping 50, 50-50-50. So you're going to go back to Houston, the, the Houston days where he's giving like 40-50 on a given night. Is he going to do that? Because in the first round, you know, he didn't shoot the ball. He was he was giving up, he was passing the ball pretty well. He's still, one of, he's still one of the best passing guards in the NBA. There's no question about that. But he hasn't been shooting the ball well. Like, I heard like his shooting numbers in that series look like a concert tour dates, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, th- that's what I heard. Man, nah, James Harden, to me, he's, I mean, and you got to realize, too, yeah, James Harden can put 40, 50. We know that. We know James Harden. But Miami's defense, <laughs> Jimmy Butler's just getting back from his knee. I'm not sure about Lowry's status. I didn't actually get an update on that. But even then, Miami's defense, really, really good. Top-tier defense, probably the top. I think it's the best defense in the league. Yeah, probably him or Boston, honestly, they're probably the best two defenses in the league right now. So, I mean, James Harden, I don't even know if he can even do that if he wanted to. So, 
Man, I, and, I got Miami like four. And Philly, they give up. They gave up most of the depth to give up to get James Harden. So I, I, right now you're looking at what Harden and Tobias Harris really right, and it, Tyrese Maxey, you know, he's a good player. But I mean, in the when you got a number one defense like the Miami Heat, Miami. De- First of all, Miami has a better depth team. Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo, um, Bam is coming back even stronger. You know what I mean? So, and plus, who's going to go Bam now that Embiid's out? Willie Cauley Stein? I don't. I, I I don't think so. So, I agree with your take. I, I got the Miami Heat in like four and five if Embiid does not come back for this. Yeah, easily. I think. I mean, the game they might have a couple of competitive games in Philly. Because, you know, it's a home crowd, of course, but to me, yeah. I, I think they're getting swept. <laughs> Maybe they were, one. They were already struggling in that Toronto Rap- Raptors series. And I'm, here's the thing. Again, Doc Rivers knows a ton more knowledge in basketball than the both of us combined. We know that. He, we have known Doc Rivers. They, they, he won a championship in Boston. So, wait, did he? Yeah, yeah, okay. So he won a championship in Boston, but ever since then, he's been kind of on the decline. He hasn't been able to get it done in the playoffs. You know, the Lob City Clippers, we all expected, expected them to do great things. One of the biggest flops in, in, in NBA history. So I just don't know if I trust Doc Rivers as a coach, and I believe Eric Spolstra will be out coaching Doc Rivers in this series. Definitely. Top tier. They're both two top tier coaches. Don't get it twisted. They, so, they are. If, if, Doc Rivers is as good as we say he is, as good as we think he is. We he should be able to make something happen even without Embiid, but it's just so hard. That's your best player, like you. That's that's the that's the thing that separates you from everybody else. So it's like I don't know. So we're uh, in agreement. I mean, like four or five. If Embiid, what if Embiid does come back at some point during the season? Let's say Miami is up two zero, and Embiid. Comes back for game three. We're looking at hypotheticals. Do you see any chance of Philly coming back? Or you think they're done if they go see, down 2-0? It depends because his injury, he has a finger injury already. And then now this is an orbital fracture, I think it was his face. To his face, yeah. He got so smacked in like the last game. He's going to come back with a mask. That's going to impair his shooting. He's not going to be 100%. I, I, don't, I don't think they'll win this series at all. Like, even with uh, the he he wore like a he wore a mask when they played the Miami Heat. Was it in twenty eighteen? I want to say. So he did wear a mask. So we we do know he can play with it, and he said he's gonna hold off any type of surgery until the off season. So Joel Embiid is banged up, and I do agree with you. Like when he does come back, he still got that finger issue. We're not even gonna get one hundred percent Joel Embiid. So even with all of that lingering, I don't know if Joel Embiid's going to be able to play to his full ability. So, I mean, four or five. Yeah, easily. So, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. I want to hear your takes on this because that is going to be a dog fight. I mean, Boston has improved tremendously. Jason Tatum is proving why he is a top Ten player in this league, and the duo of Tatum, Brown, Robert Williams coming back. Thing with the Milwaukee Bucks is, 
They don't have Chris Middleton for the series, so how is that going to affect them? Yeah, Middleton's out for the whole series, actually, so that, yeah. that hurts. I think that is another reason why I got Boston in this series. Now, me, I don't like Boston. They just beat us. They just swept us. But I'm going to remain objective. I mean, at the end of the day, they are probably the, – my, they're my favorites out the East, one. I'm going to say that. I think Boston uh, I picked them to win the East. Yeah. But I think their defense – with Robert Williams getting back, the the rim protection he brings, Time Lord, I think Giannis is gonna have a real tough time. Giannis is gonna get his thirty. Nobody can guard him. Yeah, yeah Giannis is gonna. Giannis is definitely gonna have the, to carry on the offensive scoring load because with Chris Middleton being gone, that takes away from the shooting. Who are you gonna rely on, Brook Lopez? Grayson I don't Allen. think you. Grayson. I I know. I know. I, everybody hates him, but Grayson Allen, he's been shooting the ball really well since he's been Yeah, I mean, he's de- definitely not one of the most likable players, but he can, he can shoot the ball, but I don't know if he can be that Chris Middleton type player to Giannis. And Drew Holiday, he's been playing good. He's playing great defense. Uh, definitely was a huge upgrade from Eric Bledsoe when they traded for him. So, Bledsoe. So it was definitely a huge upgrade when they got Drew Holiday. I believe he's a one a hell of a talent. But you on the Boston side, you also got Marcus Smart, who just won Defensive Player of the Year. So I don't know if he, for say he's going to be on Giannis, but let's just say that Marky Bucks are going to have a tough time, especially with that Boston defense. Definitely, a lot of so, a lot of Boston's defense is smothering too. It's double teams. It's your, Giannis is never going to be one on one, and I think that's what's going to hurt. He's getting tri- he's getting like yeah. to the point where he's getting triple teamed. So this is crazy. This game is get the series is going to rely all on Giannis. Do I have any final takes on this before we move on? Like um, final predictions. I got the Celtics in five for this series. Five I'm gonna take six. Boston. I'm gonna say it goes to six games, and Boston would take the dub. Okay, so we got Boston. Okay, okay we both got the consensus of Boston. So we agreed on that. Okay. Now let's go on to Memphis and Golden State. So that's going to, so Morant and Curry, you know, people have been saying Morant, this, I think this is going to be a series that is, can't really be predicted. Or like, it's hard to predict. Because Memphis is playing its best basketball. Morant has been playing his best basketball. In his whole entire career, you can you can make the argument that John Morant has been playing better than Steph Curry this season, especially in the playoffs. You can make that argument. The, the, the Stephen Adams too, the pick and roll with Morant and Adams, that's really deadly too. But you know, Curry's back in the starting lineup, so I, I need to know your thoughts on this. Um, honestly, to me, I think. Though at least at least according to last series, the Timberwolves series, John Moran actually didn't play that well that series. He didn't shoot the ball well at all. And he was really just a playmaker. He was just passing the ball a lot. So I think if Memphis wins this series, he has to he has to be aggressive. He has to be twenty five and ten, thirty and you feel me, thirty and ten. I think John Moran has to come up big. Jaron Jackson has to stay out of foul trouble. But to me, I think the experience of the Warriors trumps the youth of the Grizzlies. I think Golden State, they're a championship-ready team, and I think Memphis is to an extent, but I think they're missing just that that veteran leadership. I think leadership. I just I just love the the fact that this is a rematch of last year's play-in. The Memphis actually bounced Golden State. 
Yeah. To, well, they made them play um, the Lakers, and then the Lakers ended up beating them again. But right, to, to, to be fair, the Golden State wasn't that full strength. All they really had was I don't think Dream. I don't know if Draymond was, was playing in that first. game. Clay was definitely out. You know, that had all kinds of injuries. So but that was a shootout. That was a shootout between Curry and Morant. The game went to over. I remember that game like. Like the back of my hand, that was a that was a great game. That was probably one of the most competitive games I've seen in a while. I remember I had to go to a graduation party that evening, and I only remember watching the end of that game before I before I left to go to the high school graduation party, and it was an insane ending. And I, I was shocked that Memphis was able to get the job done. So again, they're a young team, and plus with Golden State, you know they've got so many offensive weapons. You got Clay coming back. It seems like no, no, it's gonna be hard to stop him. He he just dropped four. Didn't drop forty in the game against Denver. Yeah, he had yeah. thirty. He had thirty something, forty points. I'm pretty sure. Like seven so threes. It, it doesn't look like Clay Thompson is like being lackluster off on the injury. It seems like he's at full strength. You know, Andrew Andrew Wiggins. We got Draymond Green on the defensive end. Jordan Poole. Has been lights out for the Royals. Mini Clay Thompson is what they're calling him. He's been lights out. They just got so many offensive weapons. That I, I don't know if compare Poole more to Curry. I think you think I so. Think Trey, people compare Trey Young to Curry, and I think that's a terrible comparison. Trey Young, I think, is actually a better playmaker than Curry, in my opinion. But yeah. I think Poole literally is like. Curry, baby Curry, he shoots the same amount of the same shots. He has, I feel like he has the confidence. The thing I love about Poole is I think he he thinks he's just as good of a shooter as Curry and Thompson. And yes, dangerous because they're the best two shooters ever. They're the best two shooters I've ever seen. Ray Allen in our generation. Yeah, in my generation, I'm the best two shooters I've ever seen. So for Jordan Poole to be out there and shooting just as well as they're shooting and have the same confidence, I'm gonna shoot this from half court, and I I have every confidence that I'm going to make this, that's so dangerous to me. That's so deadly. And I think, to me, Golden State doesn't lose this series unless, I mean, it's going to be a bunch of craziness that happen, but I think Golden State doesn't lose this series. With Steph Curry, in my opinion, he is the greatest three-point shooter of all time. So, and then you got Clay Thompson, who's definitely right up there with Steph Curry. And you have Jordan Poole under the learning tree. Of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, he his game is only gonna elevate, and he's gonna be a big problem for years to come. When it comes down to this series, I believe Golden State has more firepower, more offense. So I have Golden, I have Golden State. One, I can see this going to six or seven games, but I believe Golden State is gonna come out on top. Yeah, I, I got them in six. I got Golden State in six. I think the biggest thing too, another thing about Memphis. They don't shoot the ball. Like, really, nobody can shoot other than Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is their only consistent three-point shooter. Like, you know, John Rankin, streaky. Jaron Jackson, if he's not in foul trouble, he could shoot pretty well, too. But, honestly, I think three-point shooting is what's going to win this series. And I think Golden State just shoots the ball better than Memphis. I think that's just what it comes down to. Again, it all comes down to, like, I said, it comes down to offense. And I believe Golden State... Has a better firepower, so I'm picking Golden State. I'm gonna say six. Six, yeah, six, six is what I said too. Yeah, I'm gonna try to be unbiased for this now, topic. This, this the best series gonna, right here. I know you're ready I'm, for this one. I'm gonna try to be unbiased as much as I can. So the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. I, I there's a reason why I saved this for last. <laughs> best for last. So. 
first of all, I just want to say how impressive it was for what Jalen Brunson was able to do against that Utah Jazz series. Uh, what all the ESPN analysis had when Luka went out, oh, Mavericks swept him forward five games. You know, no one gave no one gave Mavericks a, ch- a chance in that series, and no one really is giving them a chance in the Sun series. And I think taking the Mavs lightly is going to be a huge mistake. It's going to be a huge mistake. I think I, I like the Mavs. I like the Mavs underdog. I think the underdog story fits them well because. I think you guys played way better as the underdog. You guys were the underdog in the Utah series, and now you guys are still the underdog in this series, and I think that's the most dangerous to me. Yes, Phoenix is, they just went to the championship. Powerhouse. They're, they're the better team, but I think the fact that the the underdog vibe that the Mavs have, I think that might just could push Elevate them over them. the hump. Yeah. Well, for sure as hell... As the underdogs in the um tw- when we won the 2011 championship, no again, no one gave us a chance in 2011 to beat the Miami Heat. No, no one saw that coming. But besides, like the team itself, and I believe Jason Kidd has done a phenomenal job. Last year we were ranked in, in the bottom 20s in defense. Now we're like a top five defense in the NBA, and we've held. We held the Jazz in that series multiple games to un- below a hundred a hundred points, and I believe that's a very impressive. And I believe Jason Kidd's not. I, I believe the Mavs in general are not getting the credit that they deserve because ESPN all they're talking about they're talking about the Brooklyn Nets, they're talking about the Jazz, the Suns, the Warriors. They want to talk about the bit like the big market teams, like the big the they want to talk about the franchises that have the most history with it, right? And I, the Mavericks are just not gaining enough love from the media, I don't believe. Charles Barkley, in, the, in that last game, game six, I said this before, he picked the Golden Sta- uh, he picked the Jazz to, clo- to close out game six. And then when we, when we were up by like 30 at halftime, he said, oh, the Mavs will blow this, the Jazz will still come back. So not really a lot of people are giving the Mavs a chance, and that's going to be very dangerous. And now I don't think the Suns are gonna are taking the Mavs lightly because you know they're professionals. But the Mavs are gonna be a difficult team, especially with a healthy Luca. That is right. I got a question for you too. Did Jason Kidd play for that 2011 Mavs team? He did. Yeah, I was he, about did. To say, he did. He did. I was I was I was thinking that this whole time. I'm like, didn't he play for that team? I do remember that. So yeah, I think I think Jason Kidd incites that confidence in in the, in the guys. I, I I believe in. I mean. Man, I lived in Dallas for a little bit. You feel me? I got yeah, a little bit of Dallas in me, so I, I I do like y'all. I, I love I love to see. I mean, I seen Luca come up from overseas, man. I want to see y'all y'all be great. So rooting for y'all, and, really though. And that and just a backstory. If you guys are new to to the show, that's how Dustin and I became essentially boys. We went to the same school in Dallas, so that's how we knew each other. But moving back on from that. I don't think with this team, with this Dallas Mavericks team, this was said said on, on like ESPN by some I can't remember her name, but this team doesn't will need Luca to score like forty and forty or fifty every night because you saw in the playoffs last year when they were going up against the Clippers, he, he was dropping forty, he was dropping fifty, high thirties every single game, still couldn't get the job done. He didn't have the supporting cast, but now. Brunson has elevated his game. Dinwiddie has shown that, you know, 
we made the right decision of trading Poz- shipping out Porzingis to Washington. He has shown that. And, Cl- and Reggie Bullock, you know, sitting in the co- all he has to do is shoot, sit in the corner and shoot, shoot. those threes. He, I mean, Bullock has been playing really well. Finney Smith is good on Finney Smith is good on the defensive end. And the only issue is DeAndre Ayton. And I want to get you. Off, I'm going to let you give you give me your thoughts on Ayton before I, I give you mine. That's the only way that the Mavs win this series, and the only way they lose this series. Interior defense, I think. It's not even. I think it's beyond Aiden. I think McGee is a big problem too. <laughs> I think yeah. Javale McGee is a is a dog just as much as Aiden is a dog. So I think neutralizing that paint, like really locking down the paint, winning the offensive, you know, the glad the rebound battle. I think that's going to be huge, and that's going to be really tough. I think Luca's going to have to rebound well. Finney Smith's going to have to rebound well. I think. I mean DeAndre Ayton, man, he, he's unstoppable, but he has a really good. He, he, he acts like Shaq when he plays the Mavs. He'll give you <laughs> uh, one game. He dropped like thirty and twenty against us. He drops twenty and twenty every time he plays us. Man, now he reminds it, me of like a prime Lamarcus Aldridge with with the mid range game he has, like money, <laughs> anything, anything in that, that anything. high post, low post, like and it's money. That's the thing we don't have a true. But, like, we don't have a true big. I mean, we're not seeing Boban get any playing time. And even I mean, if he, he did, I mean, he needs some playing. I I believe he does. But Dwight, Dwight Powell is a good player. But I don't know if he's, how he's going to match up well with DeAndre. Andre and I think there might be some scenarios where you see Finney Smith on Aiden. And I still don't think. I, I still don't know if that's going to be. Enough. I think what it comes down to in the series, it's all going to come. The key player in this series is DeAndre Ayton, and they're going to see. To believe, in my opinion, I believe they're just going to feed him in the paint. I believe that's all Phoenix is all is going to do because we don't, we we don't, we really don't have a big and DeAndre Ayton. There's no Rudy Gobert where we can pick mismatches matches off of him. And DeAndre Ayton is a good defensive player. I. So, he 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 he's not going to be like Rudy Gobert at all. Yeah, I think another big problem too, Mikael Bridges. <laughs> he's another defensive defensive player of the year candidate. And I think he's gonna he's gonna present a big problem too. It's it, it's really tough. It's really tough. The Suns team, their championship team. <laughs> they're definitely built they got the depth. For they got the depth. So, I think this this is gonna be a really a big a big dog fight between uh, between those two teams. To be honest, I. No, and now Devin and we, we, no one expected Devin Booker to come back this soon. But he came back game six, so that is definitely more troubling. I'm trying to be so unbiased here. <laughs> um, the 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 Suns have all the pieces they need to win a championship. They were this close to being the Milwaukee Bucks last year. They have all the pieces that they need and. You know, I know Jay Crowder. He has he hasn't been there that much, but if Jay Crowder can get back to his three point, if he can get can back, if he can get back to the three and D player that he was, um, I want to say this game goes to seven games. Okay, I say it goes to seven games. As far as my pick goes, I, I it's pay me to say I want the Mavericks to win so bad, and I'm pulling for them. I just think the Suns overall have the better team. 
and Molly Williams is great. And Jason Kidd, he's no slouch either. He should have been the coach of the candidate, in my opinion. But I, I, I don't know. I think Monty Williams is going to put up, put up a good game plan. It, again, I said this. DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton is going to be the player in that series. Is going to kill us. I'm hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Mavericks do win this series. But but right now I'm going with the Suns. Okay. How, how many games? Who you think is what? Seven Suns and seven. I say I say goes seven games. Okay. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. I'm praying. Well, what you got? I, think I got the Suns in six, Mavs in seven. The only way the Mavs win this series is if they they got to fight. <laughs> it, it, I, I don't got, think the Mavs win this series in anything less than seven. I think it's. They're gonna it's gonna go back and forth, back and forth, and the Mavs just are gonna have to just take the punches and throw them back. So I think if the Mavs win it is seven, but I feel like the Suns get it in six. Cause this this ain't this ain't Utah. Um, you know the Jazz chemistry, you know, was a little bit shaky. We didn't know if Donovan Mitchell liked Rudy Bell. and the chemistry I felt like was just a little bit off. And this Suns team, that this is a win now team. And I feel like the chemistry is a little bit better. The coach, Monty Williams, is a fantastic coach, top five coach in the league. So, it, it to me, it all comes down to DeAndre and and I got Suns and seven. Oh, okay. All right, so we did a round two preview. Um, we're not done yet, but you know, I would love to like maybe a conference finals preview. I would love to have you back on the show. Okay. So we could definitely make some work. Yeah, we'll get that to that. Pretty soon, but we're not done with it. This is the last topic for the show. We're going to move on to the NFL draft. All right, NFL, the NFL draft is going on right now. Round six, rounds four through seven is going on today. And I want I want to know your takes on it. Like, who's your biggest winners and who are your biggest losers of this NFL draft? Well, okay, so, so far I haven't got to see too much of it, uh, like, apart from, the, like, the Giants' picks. But I think a big well one team I've seen that has been making a lot of noise, the Jacks, the Jags. I think the Jags are really in that. They're giving Trevor Lawrence those weapons. And I think for a winner, Trevor Lawrence is a winner. You feel me? He's been winning his whole career. And I think to give him the pieces that the Jags are giving him that I'm I've been seeing a, a couple of trades that they've been making, getting Christian Kirk and getting Evan Ingram, and then of course their draft picks as well. I think the Jag, the Jags are probably the biggest the biggest winners at least that I've seen. I haven't got to see everybody, of course, okay. but the Jags to me. It's it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah, the Eagles too. It's oh, the it's the Philadelphia. I mean, you got. Oh my god. They drafted the defensive lineman from Georgia, George, George Jordan Davis. He's six six. 340 pounds. The dude's an absolute tank, and he won. He ran a four seven eight. And that's pretty fast for a defensive lineman. Not only you were able to get a top player in this draft that could that could have been the number one pick, they were also able to get AJ Brown. Yes, I did see that. That that team now you got Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, and Dallas Garland is a decent player. And Miles Sanders, you know, is on and off. But they also got uh, if if this Nicobe Dean. There was some issues coming out of him from college. You know, he just had a pec, pec, a really bad pec injury that he's refusing to get surgery on. That's why he was slipping a little bit on the board. But if you watch the film, he's a damn good athlete. 
He's really good. The problem was that he was undersized coming out of college, and that's why he was slipping on the draft board. But if you watch the film, he's a damn good athlete. And I believe the Eagles got a steal of Kobe Dean. And in my, in my opinion, and also the Giants, they got two really great players. They got Kayvon, Dippadox, and they also got Evan O'Neal. Focusing on that O-line and D-line. And you also got, got, got a good receiver in the Wendell second o- Robinson. Yeah, I heard he's really Robinson good. Like as well. he, he killed it, the LSU this year. <laughs> only problem with the Giants... Have Dana Jones as a quarterback. That's the only issue with the Giants. If you got it, let's say if you traded for Russell Wilson, playoffs, easy. It wouldn't be in a debate. So, and I'm going to give my honest opinion on the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, they've been drafting well. I believe they're one of the biggest losers in this draft. It's not because. They're drafting bad. I actually think they've gotten some really good pieces. But let me just go ahead and say this. They traded... You saw guys like Marquise Brown get traded for a first-round pick. Are you going to sit up here and tell me that Marquise Brown is a better player than Amari Cooper? No. Because he, he led the league in most drops at one point. I, I don't know when, but... You can't sit up here and tell me that Marquise Brown is a better player than AJ Brown than Amari Cooper. You can make the argument that AJ Brown might be a little bit better than Cooper. I think they're on the same level. I don't know because Amari Cooper to me is a top five route runner in the league. Always been since college. But you see these wide receivers like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Marquise Brown get traded for first round picks. And you see the Cowboys basically giving up a box of rocks for Amari Cooper. They gave up a fifth and a sixth. Or no, no, they got a fifth and a sixth. I'm sorry. The Browns gave up a fifth and a sixth for Amari Cooper. And the issue was the clear cap space. That was, that, that was the issue. And really, we haven't done essentially anything with that cap space. So, and you see the teams like... Eagles getting better. You see the Giants are getting better in this division. I don't even know if the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs this year. I, I don't. So you think that's my, is going to win the East? Right right now, it's going to be Philly. Based on what I'm seeing right now, it's going to be Philly. Okay. I just don't see... No, that doesn't mean the Cowboys won't make the playoffs. Because they, they can still make the playoffs. But right as it, as it looks right now, I don't see the Cowboys winning this division. I, I don't. I think Randy Gregory was a big loss. And you lost Amari Cooper. So, and is C.D. Lamb ready to be... Is he ready to be that number one wideout? I hope, I, I hope so. But you also got Gallup coming off of an injury. We don't know if he's going to be back for the start of the season. So... I don't know if the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs this year. But the way it looks right now, it's not because they're drafting bad. I just see no motivation from that front office to go out and get better. I see no motivation. I, I don't think CD is a, a number one receiver. I think he, he is a great receiver. I think you guys need a, a WR with like a, a first receiver. I think Gallup and... Lamb are good second and third. 
strings, but I think just you need that one, that Devontae Adams, that Tyree Kill, that Cooper Cup, like that. Like you can't put them in the same conversation as CD Lamb. Just respectfully, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think they're they're separated, and I think you need a receiver. If the Cowboys are to win and to be successful, I think you need that, that receiver that just separate that receiver that just is one of the best, if not the best. And I think and Matt, you have that. I don't think this is gonna happen because the draft is almost done. It it could, it might. Debo Samuel is still a wide receiver on the board. He made it perfectly clear. I'm not saying we're going to get him, but he made it perfectly clear. He no longer wants to play for the Niners for some, for some reason. I don't know why, but he made it clear that he no longer wants to play there. If you're, if I, you're, I don't know why the Cowboys aren't on the phone. If I'm being honest, I don't know why they're not on the phone. I would have been, been more, because we gave up a first for Amari Cooper. So why wouldn't you give up a first for Debo? He's, still, he's only 25 years old. Imagine the fun Dak Prescott would have with Debo, CD, Gallup, Shorts, and you got Zeke in that backfield. And not to mention, they just drafted some offensive line help, so it looks like Dak ain't going to get killed this season. But my hopes and expectations, again, probably a, one, uh, a, a 0.1% chances will happen. But if the Cowboys are somehow able to get their hands on Debo, my expectations for the boys will be a little bit higher. And... And then I wouldn't have the Eagles to be the odds-on favorite to win the division. But right now, the way it's looking, I got Philly. But let me ask you, what do you do? You see Debo getting traded before the season starts? See, I'm not sure. I think. Well, if I'm if I'm San Francisco, I'm not giving him up. <laughs> I would I wouldn't want to give him up unless I'm getting something really nice. I think the Niners are a really good team as well. I think they're. They're capable of getting to the playoffs and making a good run. I don't know if they're a championship level team. They're definitely not a championship level team. So they're that defense. I think they may trade him and to see what they can get for him. I think they'll put him on the block and shop around. I think I don't know about the, the Cowboys. What do the Cowboys have to offer the Niners in a trade? Other so than, since the draft just concluded, draft picks are draft really picks. Really, I mean that's next year. Draft draft pick. That's about it. But the Debo has put in the Forty Niners in the position, and Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the Niners, I mean, said they hope they can repair the relationship with Debo. I don't think that's going to happen because Debo have has put the Niners in the situation where he's like. I'm done. I'm never going to pull on a 49ers uniform again. And it's gotten bad to a point where he has publicly stated that he is never going to pull on a Niners uniform. Hey, there was a video on Twitter that I saw of him at a party. And there was this like, guy holding up a sign saying, Debo Samuel is staying with the Niners. And you could just see Debo going, no. So... Basically, the Niners have been put in the position where they have no other choice. The question is, who are the most likely talk? Who who are the odds? I think the Jets. I mean, they'll make it. They're another winner in this draft, I believe. They're making some big defensive I was players. Funny. I just said that. I think he turned down offers from the Jets. Did he? I believe he. Did. I think I want to say I've seen an article on that, but I can't be too sure. I think the Ravens are a team that should make a run for him. I think. 
if Lamar Jackson was able. Lamar Jackson was able to get. I mean, they just traded Marquise Brown. So if the Ravens were able to get Debo, whew, they'd be a team to watch for. The Jets, though, I mean, they they were close to landing Tyreek Hill, but it all came down. Tyreek Hill chose the Dolphins instead of the Jets. So, but I believe the Jets have gotten some really good pieces this offseason, and they also get drafted really well. And I feel like Debo Samuel would be. I feel like the Jets have. The more, more to offer because they they have the cap space. So they, as soon as they trade for him, they can give him the money that he wants. So the Jets are definitely a team. Um, the Ravens, like like you said, I don't know if I see. I mean, I can definitely see the Cowboys being a team. I mean, the Packers, yeah. but they just drafted wide receiver. But the Pack as Debo Samuel we're talking about here, so. You got you got Green Bay. You got Green Bay eyeing him. Detroit, I heard Detroit was in the mix. So I believe he he would. The way he's looking, if he didn't get traded before the draft, I don't know if the Niners would trade him. But I don't know if Debo will play for them because this is the last year of his contract. So and Debo doesn't want to risk injury. So he might be trying to play it smart. So. He might hold out, and I think well, I think actually, based off of that, he probably will get traded. But I just wonder if he they're gonna get what he's worth because he he's a versatile guy. I mean, you could put him, you could put him out there as a receiver, you could line him up as a receiver. You could also put him in the backfield as a running back. <laughs> Debo, hey, he doesn't want to play. He he doesn't want to play running back. Yeah, I think that that was one of the main issues why he wanted out of San Francisco. He was tired of playing running back. So I think that's one of the main issues. Let me let me ask you a question. If you're a GM, what would you give up for Debo? I mean, see, the thing, he's coming off a really good season. Like, really His best really season. season. Yeah, I was about to say, like, his best season. So to me, I'm giving up in, well, it depends. See, it depends on where my team is. But, okay, I'm assuming I'm a team where we're in a win-now scenario, right? I'm giving up a lot yeah. for him. I, I think Debo, to me... In most teams, is that piece to get them over? He's that receiver that is going to be that first receiver. He can. He's shown that he can be that. He can carry the load of an offense. He can. You know, he can. He can draw a double team. He, yeah. He's going to be the reason that a team is going to have to. He's going to be someone that a team has to game plan for. So I think I'm giving up a lot for him. I mean, picks and maybe depending on what players I have, but I, I would give up a lot for him. Devontae Adams, he didn't even get traded. He didn't even get traded for that. They gave up the Raiders. Did they give up two first round picks for Adams? I think it was, think it was two first rounds. I think it was. It was something crazy. It was like a, a blockbuster offer. I think it was just like two first round picks and a couple of late round picks that the Raiders gave up. But they're, they're gonna want if they're gonna move on from Debo. They're gonna want the same price that Tyree Kill and Debo sent. I mean, in. Devontae Adams got traded for. They're not going to want some garbage offer like a fifth or sixth round pick like the Cowboys did with Amari Cooper. So <laughs> I think I'll give up at least two first round picks. I don't know about three. That that might be a little bit too much, but at least two in a couple of late rounds. Maybe for like a Cooper Cup, but not for Debo. Like maybe two, two is probably the extent. Maybe a second round, maybe like two in a second round I'll throw in there. Because in my opinion, Devont, yeah, 
I believe Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in this league. Right now, I don't know how he's going to play with Carr because he did have <coughs> he did have Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, and we know Aaron Rodgers is far better than Carr. No disrespect to Derek Carr, but it's Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know how he's going to fit. But in my opinion, Devontae Adams was the best wideout. And if you if you're looking at that, they're gonna if you're the Niners and if you're looking at that, they're gonna want at least what they're gonna want at least what the Packers got for Adams. Okay. I mean I actually disagree a little bit. I mean I agree, but I disagree. I think yes, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Derek Carr, but Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. No, team. he's like, definitely Derek, not. Derek Carr is a, a great top tier quarterback with he's no slouch of a receiver. And Devontae Adams, if he is the best receiver, as you said, he might elevate Derek Carr to being a top three quarterback in the league. You feel me? I think and, that might actually make him better as a quarterback to have somebody that you know what all else fails. I got somebody to throw to. <laughs> I think that was one of the main issues with the Vegas Raiders. The Derek Carr didn't have that true number one. Hey, again, no disrespect. He's a great. He's a great quarterback. He is definitely a like. If you if you were to build a team, I I want And if you were to build a team, and I got stuck with Derek Carr, I wouldn't be upset with it. I'll I'll be happy. But you you see the Raiders, and they haven't been able to get over that hump. Hunter Winfrey is a good wide receiver. He's excelling a lot. But Derek Carr and Darren Waller, he's also a really good player. But now he's got a true number one wideout. And I b- believe that the Raiders are going to be able to elevate their game to a level. And Derek Carr, he's going to be uh, elevate his game to a level that we've never seen before. So the ball for Derek Carr this year is really high. So I expect the Raiders to do great things with him. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think another thing, too, to note, that AFC West. <laughs> AFC West is going to be real fun. That's that's the best. It's always been, actually, well, it's been always a top-tier division, that in the NFC East. But, man. You mean the NFC West? Be in, yeah, the West is Seahawks division, right? The, the, the yeah, the East is not good. Yeah, I think, I think that AFC West with uh, Tyree Kill being gone now, I don't think that – I mean, Patrick Mahomes – Who do you have uh, winning it? The, the West? Uh, yeah. I think the uh, Chargers are really good, too. The Broncos are really well. They just got <laughs> they just got a good... I don't know. I, I, I Honestly... Uh, I'm going to say... Raiders, honestly, are the Broncos. I'm going to say... I'm still going to say the Chiefs. The Chiefs? Okay. Because Patrick Mahomes is still there. In my opinion, Patrick Mahomes, I feel like Tyree Kill needed Patrick Mahomes more than Patrick Mahomes needed Tyree Kill. Yes, yes, if you, definitely. That's definitely going to hurt Mahomes, but Mahomes is still a gunslinger. And I'm still going to rock with the Chiefs only because Patrick Mahomes is still their quarterback. Okay. I'm, and it's I totally not- agree. And it's not like, I mean, they got Juju this offseason. He's definitely no Tyree Kill, but he's still a good piece. They also just drafted a receiver out of Western Michigan, Skymore, who can be really good. So, it's not like the, the Chiefs are still a good team with or without Tyree Kill. So, 
I'm still going to roll with the Chiefs simply just because of Mahomes. Okay. I, I, I definitely agree. With that. I think I think it's just going to be competitive. I, I don't see, like, to, to I honestly, I think it's harder to say who isn't, who's going to be the bottom, who's going to be the worst, than it is to say who's going to be the best because I don't even think, I think they're all pretty even. I think the only thing separating the Chiefs from the rest of the pack is just the fact that Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, but I, and I don't he, think he, they're too far behind. Here's the thing. We we the the AFC West has been put in a position where all four of those teams can make the playoffs because you you got a division winner, and you got three um, wild card spots now. But here's the thing: the Browns have certainly gotten better with Watson if he plays. You've got you've got Buffalo still running things in the East. The, the Patriots are still there. The Dolphins gotten have gotten extremely better. I, I don't know what's going on in the AFC South. Actually, the Colts have gotten better with the Matt Ryan trade. You know, the AFC is looking really stacked right now. And the Ravens are coming back. Lamar Jackson is coming back. I, I still think the Steelers, they won't make the playoffs next year because I think they've entered the point where they're re- rebuilding yeah, post-Roethlisberger era. So, and they just drafted a young quarterback from Pittsburgh. Can you pick it? So... I don't think there'll be a threat next season, but the AFC, <laughs> especially the Juju too. I think yeah, it, I think the AFC North is done. The, the, there's going to be a lot. The Brown and the Bengal, the Bengals. We forgot about them. They just came off an almost Super Bowl win. They're going Joe Burrow, man. He's a guy from LSU. He's going to be he, he's going to be a problem for the next 15, 20 years. So. It's gonna be it, 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 that final wild card, that final seventh seed for that wild card spot. We we could have a team win like nine or ten games and not make the playoffs. That, that that's how stacked the AFC is, and it's gonna suck because there's a really good team out there that they make the playoffs. It's gonna be fun because I think it's funny that we're, we're giving all of these teams, but which one of these teams are gonna flop? <laughs> which one of these teams? Isn't going to perform well. Yes, everybody in the AFC West is great. The AFC North has three competitive teams, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bengals. The AFC East has some pretty competitive teams with the Jets, the Patriots, and the Bills. But out of all of those teams, which of those teams aren't is not going to perform to a level that we think? Or that we if, want, if, you, if you were to ask me, God, this is, this is really... Uh, okay. Their defense for sure got better this offseason. They got, they actually, they got tremendously better. However, if you were to ask me which team, I don't think the Dolphins make the playoffs yet, but that's not who I'm going to go with. I, this, God, this is going to pay me because they're so good, too. They're just in the competitive division. I'm going to go with the Chargers, and he, I'm going to go with the Chargers. It's not because I don't believe in Herbert. It's not because I don't believe in Justin Herbert. I believe he's a tremendous quarterback with high upside. I I simply just think that those teams in that division are better than than the Chargers. And that, that that's my honest opinion on on that. It's not because I don't think the Chargers are good. I just think that those other teams are better. Than the Chargers. So if you'd ask me, I'm going with the Chargers. Okay. 
Yeah, did, did, did you have anyone in mind? Honestly, I mean, I think for sure the Bills and the the Bills and the Patriots for sure are going to be great. I think the Jets, as much as they've gotten better, I don't think they're on that level. Yeah, I think Mac Jones is, is there. And Belichick, Mac, Mac Jones and Belichick is going to be something like Tom Brady and Belichick. I think I think Belichick is going to give Mac Jones what he needs to win. Mac Jones is not even a bad quarterback either. I think a lot of people, he gets a lot of hate for really to no, for no reason to me. So I think I'll say the Jets. I, Mac Jones has potential. And potentially the Ravens, depending on what they do to fill Marquise's Brown spot because he's he was their number one receiver. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't, away, I didn't even think about it. To I give away your that. number one receiver, and they haven't. I mean, at least, uh, we we still have a long time until the season starts, so we still have a lot of moves that can be made. But as of right now, I don't like where the Ravens are at. I I got the Ravens underperforming. I mean, I love Lamar. Lamar, my favorite quarterback in the league, my favorite player in the league. But I don't think I think they're gonna underperform the Ravens. I, I think yeah, they're, the, they're the, my team. The Ravens. Okay, Marquise Brown. But I mean, he. He wasn't really a number one receiver, but that definitely detracts the Baltimore Ravens because I, I don't even know. They got uh, an extra first round pick. And the players that they got on the defensive side are really good. L- let's say if the Ravens got Debo, I might I might feel a little bit more better than the Ravens, but I, 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 totally, I totally didn't even think about the Ravens. But right, right now, the way things are looking for the Ravens, I mean, you got... Gus at you get I mean you got a pretty decent backfield. Who was the running back that got injured for them? The starting running back. It's, it was a uh, was it Gus Edwards? Um, there was another the one. Other, I can't remember the other guy. I can't remember his name. I know, but I can't remember his name because I know they gave away Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram was back in uh, New Orleans, I think. But yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm trying. Uh, I'm missing. Let us know in the comments. I'm gonna I'm, you know, I'm I'm gonna see if I can. You keep brainstorming. <laughs> Let me let me see who this, cause I I know it. It's on the it's on the top of my head. Ravens, hobbies. Okay, it was wasn't it Rashad Bateman. Dobbins, Dobbins, Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. There we go. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. yeah, and he had high upside, and he had a good training camp before he tore his Achilles. So, and you just, I don't know if the. I think the Ravens are a smart pick because unless they turn it around on the off, Jack- Lamar Jackson, besides Mark Andrews, doesn't really have anyone to throw the ball to, and he relies more on his running game. And you could see him, because you see some of these running quarterbacks go on the decline a bit, yeah. and because and I think Lamar Jackson is gonna have to rely more on his run game instead of his passing. Yeah, I think. I think the Ravens, see the Ravens, their their whole MO has always been defense. Like defense, defense, defense with a okay offense, offense to get by. But see, as you said, running quarterbacks, their lifespan is not real long. And Lamar has the pocket ability, but he just doesn't have the weapons to do it. So if, if there's no weapons, all right, I'm just going to make you run. And if you know he's going to run, then it's so much easier to guard him. So I think to me... Yeah, I, I I stand by what I said. I think just the Ravens just underperform unless just they get Debo. I think Debo is what they need. That is the throw everything you got at them <laughs> because yeah, Mark Andrews is your only weapon on the on the offensive end. 
before we wrap things up, final takes. Fi- final take, who's winning the NFC? Who's winning the NFC? Oh, I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, I've learned I've learned over my lifetime to never bet against the GOAT. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Brady, man. You're gonna I go think, Brady? I'm gonna go Tampa Bay, man. I ain't gonna lie, never bet against you, never bet against the GOAT. I think the I think the the what looks like the Rams. I I got the Rams going back to back. Okay. I got the Rams go, winning the NFC. I think that's the small pick. I, I'm I'm gonna go with the Rams. Okay. Now what about the AFC? What do you, how do you feel about AFC? I had to pick someone from the AFC. <laughs> Again, it's too it's too early to predict. Yes, you definitely. know, we could we there's so many things that can happen between April and September. But right right now. Because of the, the I'm going Buffalo. Ooh, Buffalo, they said that. I mean, they just gotta get over that hump. They signed a two-time Super Bowl champion in Von Miller. I think he's gonna help out that defense. If you were to ask me, I, as of right now, I got I gotta go with Buffalo. It's okay, I got it. it. Was it was actually it was either Buffalo or real sleeper. I, I think. Uh, People were sleeping on them, but uh, I got Denver. I think Denver could actually come out in. That's definitely a sleeper. In, um, they got the defense. It. They got the finally got the quarterback. They got their offensive weapons. So yeah, they have every, they have everything they need: Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, Bradley Chubb, everything. So, I mean, Denver or Buffalo to me. Got it. All right, we are coming up to the end of the show. Is there anything you want to plug before we wrap things up? Uh, I mean, I stream on Twitch. <laughs> Same, same as my my name, Destin D Millionaire. So I mean, that's really all I got, man. I shout out to Jacob, man, for having me out on the show, man. Love your. It's, a, it's an absolute honor. I'll leave his Twitch down below if you want to go check him out. All of his socials down below. Um, the boy just lost his Instagram account, so if you want to help him get back to where he was, please go do him a favor. But ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be the end of the, today's episode. Again, I'll drop all the socials and your Twitch down below if you want to go support Destin. Destin, it's been a complete a, a complete honor to have you on the show. So thank you for coming on Jacoba Talk. And we will see you next time. Take care, everybody.